0: This is MMA Torch Supervising Editor Wade Keller along with Torch Senior Columnist Sean Ennis and Torch Contributor Lane Bradford. We're here after USC 109 Relentless on, uh, Saturday, February 6, 2010. And, uh, it was probably about what we expected on, on the high end of maybe of what we expected for what was thought to be a pretty me- mediocre uh, overall lineup, both in terms of star power, ramification, and fight quality. Uh, that's my opinion at least. Uh, Sean, let's, let's go to you first. Just a quick overall thought. Is this a show that, uh, lived up to or surpassed your expectations? And do you recommend the replay to others?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, I, I'm pretty much on the same page as you there, Wade. I, you know, if you, if you bought this card, um, and you saw the card beforehand, I mean, you pretty much knew what to expect, and that's pretty much what we got. So if if you looked at the card and thought, nah, eh, not really for me, then it probably wasn't really for you. So um, I think uh if you if you didn't if the card didn't pique your interest then don't bother with the replay. Um, you know, if you if you saw it and thought that um, you know, thought that it looked pretty good then you probably would have enjoyed it. So uh to each his own on this one pretty much. Uh you know, it's not like it's not a card with universal universal casual fan of feel I would say, but you know, <laughs> decent enough anyway.
0: Yeah, I, I think if you ordered this and were disappointed, shame on you. Um yeah, because absolutely. Y- you didn't do your research then. Lane, how about you? Do you kind of agree with me and Sean on this one?
2: Yeah, I a hundred percent agree. It's you know, and it's, it's kind of a shame in a sense just because, you know, the Super Bowl weekend they wanted it to be a big car just the injuries, but but yeah, you knew you were getting getting into it. Um I think, you know, Dana tried to spice it up a little bit by saying the winner of the Marquardt, Sonnen, gets, uh, gets a title shot, and yeah. that, that's tough just because it's almost like Marquardt has always been in that conversation, but Sonnen never really was. He's not, you know, and he's, he's, he's a good fighter, but he's not someone that you can really market as a title contender just because he, he's a wrestler who just kind of lays on you. But, but again, I totally agree with you guys. You got what you got, you know, you knew looking at the card, this was what you were going to get.
0: Yeah, and I, I think they did an honest but uh, admirable job. Uh, speaking of Mike Goldberg and Joe Rogan, uh, a relatively honest, admirable job of of trying to hype it without overhyping it. Um, you know, d- during the show, both in the in the pre-fight hype and during it, you know, they they, they didn't ignore the concept or, or the criticism that this this show was uh, hurt a little bit. They didn't overhype that this was the greatest show ever. Um, and so I think the average person ordering the show. Uh, wouldn't feel that they were being taken for a ride or being lied to by the promotion. It, it was what it was. And, yeah, on Super Bowl weekend it would have been great to have, you know, a, a super fight card, but you know, a card full of super fights. But it just wasn't meant to be. And this is kind of, I think, uh, uh maybe, Sean, the official end of 2009 in MMA, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> where, the, where the cards are decimated by injuries and, and illness and scheduling issues. So. Well, let, let's go ahead and march through the uh, show. It opened up with Spike TV with uh, Melvin and and Torres and the opener. Sean, what, we'll throw to you first again on this one. Um, everybody seems to be saying the same thing that this was the best Melvin look in uh, in this win. I'm I, I'm not sure if it's if it was like a, a star making performance, but I thought it was it was a, it was a good solid win on his part.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this, this is absolutely the best that uh, Gallardo has looked. Um, you know, they they talked on the broadcast about how an earlier version of, of him would have probably been tapped out by that Kamura. Um, I agree with mm-hmm. that. I think he he would have been submitted multiple times uh with his old techniques and he you know, I think going to Greg Jackson has done him wonders. I mean he still showed the same explosiveness um, but with added patience. I mean if if Torres yeah. didn't have if Torres didn't have a, a, a granite chin he'd been knocked out a couple of times. Those those knees that he gave him with those takedown attempts those were vicious knees, um, kind of reminded me of the, the Hermes Franca, uh, Sean Schurk fight when, when Franke kept giving those knees and, and Schurk, you know, never even moved. But, um, you know, kind of similar there. Uh, but Gillard looked really good, and this is the kind of fight that you have to be able to win, you know, if you want to be able to move up in that division because you're not going to be able to knock everybody out. So uh, good good win for Gillard, and Torres
0: actually was, was pretty good too. I, I was impressed by yeah. him as well. I, I, what do you think the ramifications are, Sean, for Torres uh, with with the loss here? Is, is it did he look good enough that it, it's not it's not a setback?
1: Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Uh, you know, a, a guy that looks competitive in his Dr. Octagon debut is always going to get a second shot. you know, yeah. He didn't look like he was uh, starstruck or anything like that. You know, he fought his fight um, and kept taking a 2 the whole time. Didn't get frustrated enough to, to kind of back off the slug with him. Uh, so it was it was a good showing for him.
0: And Lane, one thing that I thought impressed me too is Gillard afterwards didn't say, I want a title shot. He said that he believes he's on pace for a title shot in 2011. It seems like, you know, it seems like he's got a good idea that he needs to travel a little further before he is in title contention. Uh, your thoughts on this fight?
2: Yeah, I, I agree, and especially Sean, too, and, and one thing about him looking as good as he, he's ever looked, and I, and Rogan kind of said, well, I don't know about that, maybe he, you know, met Jackson since he's been trained with him, but I, I actually disagree with Rogan and agree with you because, you know, and, and he did kind of touch on it a little bit, but Torres with, you know, the jiu-jitsu background he had and and i've seen him fight before not on I mean, the you have seen a lot of people don't know who he is but he's a he was a very tough opponent and i think that he did look good he was taken he pressed the action he took him down a lot but but you know, galar just got right back up and looked really good and and i agree with you too when, when we say it's good that he's saying and you know it's a goal for him in 2011 and he said he's starting his whole career over and and uh, only counting what's going on now, he's with Jackson. I think he's. I think, and Jackson's a great camp, and we, everyone knows that. So yeah. you can only you can only get better going to, with Greg Jackson and all the other fighters that he he's training with day in and day out. Uh,
0: Sean, final thought on this fight. Who, who's next for uh, both of these fighters?
1: Oh man, I, I think um, Gillard might get himself a uh, kind of a showcase fight next. Um, yeah. And it's hard to it's hard to bring anybody to mind right now. I think he might get someone on his way out of the UFC. Um, someone that he can kind of make quick work of um, and knock out. Uh whereas Torres, uh I think he'll he'll probably uh, hang out on another undercard, um, against a lower level guy. Or they'll maybe they give him like a Mac Danzig type. Um because yeah. uh, I think uh, I think he could probably handle someone like that uh and uh, and and look good doing it. So it, i think that they they
0: both get winnable fights in their next fights, um, and they they're both kinda of on their way up. Very, uh, smooth transition as we move to, uh, Dentick against, uh, Justin Buchholz. What, what, uh, uh, Lane, let me throw to you first on this one. I, I don't, this is another fight where I, I think you didn't necessarily have uh, a strong winner, even though there was a winner. Um it was close, but I don't think we learned a ton about either fighter in, in the situation. What do you think? Yeah, I agree.
2: I, I, uh, you know, the talk, I, I, I never really got to see Buchholz fight before. I knew he trained. Zaber, which you know gives you ideas. You know, he sees a lot of good stuff, but I've never see, really seen him. We've all seen Mac Danzig, of course, and didn't know what to expect of him. But with him coming out saying that he doesn't belong in the UFC if he can't beat Justin Buchholz, I sure expected him to to fare better than he did. There was a lot of times he looked.
0: You know, he got
2: caught a couple times where it looked like he could have gotten finished, but Buckholz just didn't finish him. Um, I kind of do like what he said at the end, saying that. He, he underestimated him. He doesn't he normally doesn't but, but he was a lot tougher than he thought. Hopefully maybe that'll get get in a, you know, get him a better state of mind when he goes to a fight. But didn't learn a whole lot. His his stand up still I mean, to me his stand up looked okay, you know, and everyone I just he didn't he didn't look like that fight no matter, you know, if it went the other two rounds or not.
0: Yep. Um Sean, I think we lost you for a minute, but I think you're back. Um why don't you go ahead and comment on this one also?
1: Is that the, are you on Danzig and, and uh, Buchholz?
0: Yep, we still are.
1: Yeah. Um, this was uh, – I was a little bit surprised that Danzig didn't go after it a little bit more. Um, I mean, he, he seemed to at times, but the, the way he was talking before the fight, how, how Buchholz belong in the UFC and all that kind of stuff, I figured that he would really attack him and, uh, and be able to finish him. But, um, you know, at the same time, those comments probably got Buchholz a little more fired up, and, uh, and he was able to, uh, to, to mount some offense as well. But you know it was fine, um, fine for Danzig. He, you know he needed yeah. to win the fight, and he did. So,
0: yeah, I, I just don't think I don't think he came out of this a lot stronger uh, because it wasn't a, a dominant or impressive win. And so, you know, I think the doubts that were there about about him are there, but at least it didn't confirm that he needs to be out of UFC. And they did build this as you know, if he loses, he's out. Uh, one thing that that I think is we're talking about too is Rogan going off on the the downward you know twelve o'clock six o'clock elbow, elbow strikes. And yeah. uh ripping on the rationale behind that, I, I love when Rogan yeah, exactly. does that. Those of us who were uh, covering, co- following, or covering it uh, in in the mid '90s, when politicians and athletic commissions and journalists had, you know, no idea about MMA at that point, and and some of the stupid things that were said, it, it, I like it when Rogan refers to the history. I just wish they would, you know, bring John McCain into it sometimes too, because he was the leader of the <laughs> ignorance brigade. When it yeah, came to yeah. MMA, oh, it was infuriating <laughs> watching him talk about MMA in the midnight. He's trying to ban it. Yep. So anyway, I, I I I enjoyed Rogan's sidebar rant in the middle of the fight yeah. about that, and I kind of agree with him too. You know, just because some guys on ESPN broke bricks with their elbow doesn't mean yeah, have to ban really it good. in MMA.
1: Absolutely, you know, that's that's one of the that's one of the things that makes Rogan my favorite MMA commentator, and one of the things that makes him to me. Uh, better than guys like Mauro Nalo who like to shill for everything.
0: Like, he will actually tell you what he thinks, then you know he's being honest, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Although, although Morrow is fun to watch, if you do a shot, if you, dr- if you like drinking and you do a shot every time he does a <laughs> cliche, you'll be knocked yeah. out by the halfway into the show. Um A cliche
1: or a pun, <laughs> one of the two, it'll get you every time. Yes. Yeah.
0: And I, I think he presents it like he thinks it's the cleverest thing in the world, which makes it yeah. kind of, kind of endearing instead of annoying, because I really think he thinks he's being quite original <laughs> and he seems like a nice enough guy, but anyway. Um alright, alright, moving on. We, uh, uh, I think that was, well, let me stand down here. Yeah, that was the end of the, the prelims. So let's move to the, uh, uh, pay-per-view fight broadcast. Uh, greatest or worst nickname ever, Twinkle Toes Frank Twig, Trig, uh, <laughs> or Twig, taking on, uh, Matt Sarah. Uh, Sean, were you surprised by, uh, by pretty much, a, I mean, a, not pretty much, a dominant KO first-round win for Sarah? Not really
1: surprised. I, I, if I was to give a prediction beforehand, I figured it was going to go to decision. Um, But, you know, Sarah winning by knockout doesn't really surprise me. You know, it's the same guy that knocked out George St. Pierre, so why can't he knock out Frank Trigg,
0: too? Yep. Yep, good. Well put. And and the fact is, is we just haven't seen enough of Frank Trigg in recently to really, with confidence, make a prediction on what kind of fighter he is today. You know, I mean, what is he, 37?
1: Yeah, something Uh, like that.
0: Yeah, so, uh, you know, I mean, Lane, I, I just think nobody should be really surprised by Sarah knocking out Trigg. Because we just didn't know what Trigg has anymore; he hasn't shown us anything, and he fought somebody who was clearly superior last time, so you know who knew who knew how good Trigg was i don't i but the thing is about this fight is I don't know what we learned about Matt Sarah other than he you know if if you stick your chin out there, you can end the fight, but I don't know that Trigg, you know we know enough about Trigg to know if that showed anything for Sarah either, other than you know he's still got he's still worth putting on the card again,
2: yeah, I agree. I just... Yeah, you did, we just haven't seen much of Frank Trigg. I mean, and to be honest, we haven't seen much of Matt Sarah either with, you know, the right. injuries and everything. But, but, yeah, I, I kind of, I mean, I expected the same way. I thought maybe go to decision two. I didn't know if Sarah was going to be able to finish it. I thought he'd, I thought he'd unanimously beat Trigg. But, yeah, I then mean, really, we didn't see much of Trigg at all anyway in this fight. It was pretty quick. and he didn't do, and he didn't even look like he was trying to press the pace or anything. He, he looked like, like he
0: wasn't ready to fight, really. And, and Triggs is, you know, would have been, if, if Trigg was really good, he's a great guy for MMA, cause he's such, he can instigate emotion yeah. <laughs> verbally. And so, you know, it's those situations where it's a little unfortunate. But he'll, you know, his, his UFC fight career ended, you know, the moment that, 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 that fight was stopped, and, and he's got, he's got a future and other things in broadcasting, probably. So, um so, you Let's know, good for him. again. Yeah, oh, I know, <laughs> I like, I, I actually like Goldberg <laughs> taking a dig at the fact that it was a I bad decision do, to grow his hair
2: well, oh, I was watching the weigh-ins yesterday and they showed that picture. I'm like, when did he have hair? And then they showed him I'm like, oh my god.
0: Now I guess <laughs> maybe he just wanted America and the world to know he didn't shave his head cuz he went bald. Yeah, he, <laughs> but 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 he proved he shaved his head cuz his hair looks kind of stupid on him, but anyway. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. So, uh um okay. So, up next we have got uh, a middleweight fight, uh Dan Miller, Damian Maya. Um Lane, what 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 you learn from this one? Uh uh, my 9 ten nine. I'm sorry. Um, let me uh, let me scan down to my uh, result here. My uh, thirty twenty seven twenty nine twenty eight twenty nine twenty eight. So split judge decision, or not split decision, but unanimous decision. Different scores. How did you see this?
2: I, I saw. I mean, I saw it pretty unanimous as well. It's just it's one of those fights that I, I think it's kind of tough for those people that get branded a certain type of. Fighter, just because like, he wants, you know, Damien Maya is such a world-class jujitsu artist that he wants to prove that he needs. I mean, and he does have to be well-rounded, but wants to prove that he's, you know, learning other trades and he's he's getting better at stand-up, which which he has gotten a lot better. He doesn't look as stiff, but it's just one of those things that he almost. Unless your your bread and butter isn't working, you should probably yeah. stick to it because you know the first two rounds. Or, well, the first one wasn't so bad, but the second round was was pretty tough to watch, and, and the third wasn't real great either. It's just one of those things that, you know, he, he wasn't getting stuffed on a whole lot of takedowns. Mm-hmm. If he took him down, you know he probably would have submitted him. So he just wanted to prove that he, you know, and he, he even admitted it, that he probably should have took him down the first two, but his his game plan was to stand up and show his, his improved striking, which is just one of those things that, you know, it's great that he's improving it, but unless you have to use it in the fight, I think you should just stick to your bread and butter.
0: Yeah, it, it came across like a fight that wasn't technically bad, but it, it was two people standing who just don't specialize in that, and it came across as sparring about 85% of the time. And this is actually where I wanted to channel uh Mauro Ranalla for to say, uh, you know, this is a cure for insomnia, or it's as, it's as exciting as watching paint dry. You know, I just, I was, because, you know, even Rogan was taking a dig saying it looked like amateur kickboxing, but only Moro yeah. could, could really do this justice. Well, Sean, what do you think of that strategy for a fighter who, who's not at that level of title contention, but wants to get there, showing, showing to Dana or, 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 or Joe Silver or somebody that, hey, I've, I've got another side to me, take another look at me. Is, is that a, a smart strategy? I guess it is if it works.
1: Yeah, it, it is if it works. I I only partially agree that that's what was going on here though, because really he wasn't going to take down Dan Miller very easily, and, it, and especially not shooting for for takedowns. He was going to have to pull guard, and mm-hmm. you know when he, when he was doing that, he was getting him up against the fence, and he was trying to pull him away, but but uh, so Miller was able to kind of wall walk and get back up in all those times. And this is this is the kind of fight. This is the kind of fight that Damian Maya has to win in order to, to move up. You know, he's got to be able to beat guys that he can't get to the ground. Um, you know, even though his striking is pretty rudimentary, you know, and he's not going to beat a world-class, world-class striker on the feet anytime soon, if ever. Um, you know, he's got to be able to beat a guy who can stuff his takedowns and who can nullify his uh, his pulling guard, which is what Dan Miller, you know, is pretty much custom-made to do. Um, and really a guy like uh, Chael Sonnen, uh, when he fought Chael Sonnen, he was able to pull that guard and uh, and submit him. And had he been able to do that against Dan Miller, I think he would have. Um but uh, but yeah. Miller yeah but, but but Miller was able to to kind of uh, nullify that a little bit and, and uh I think this was more um out of necessity than, than by design that, that Maya took his game plan. I could be yeah. wrong, but that's what I thought.
0: Yeah, no, good no good case you made there for that. Where, where do you think both fighters are what are the ramifications of the fight for both fighters, Sean? Uh
1: Maya takes a step up. I mean he did look a little bit better on the feet, you know, he didn't look Spectacular by any means, but, uh, he definitely recovered nicely from being knocked out by Nate Marquardt, you know, in short order. Um, Dan Miller, you know, he kind of remains in the middle. Um, yeah. he's, he's better than the entry level UFC guys, but he's, he's clearly not in the elite level yet, um, where your, uh, your Marquards and your Sonans and your, uh, your, basically your Mayas are. Um, you know, he's, he's not quite in there yet, but he's, he's definitely got potential in order to get there. He's got the good wrestling base. Um, and, uh, and, you know, Maybe he fights a guy like Yushin Okami next and and see what
0: happens with that. Yep. Yep. All right, let's uh they inserted a prelim fight here, Brian Stan and Phil Davis. Um uh Lane, your your thoughts on, on what we saw from Davis here. You know,
2: exactly what I expected out of a national collegiate champion. He's just a great wrestling base and he looks way bigger than Brian Stan, and Brian Stan's a big boy. Um, you know, real real dominant, uh just imposed his will, like basically they kept saying. Um you can see he's pretty green when it comes to MMA with the positions that he mm-hmm. had. You'd think he'd probably be able to finish uh, Brian Stan, especially Brian Stan. I mean, all respect to Brian Stan, not not a great ground fighter, doesn't have grappling or any really any submission defense either, really. But, uh, yeah, Phil Davis looked really impressive. I mean, only four, four fights under his belt, but just, you know, like Joe Rogan harps on, Best best skill to have is the wrestling, and he sure used it. I mean, he and he just knew each time as soon as they were stood up, you know, beginning each round, you just knew he was going to take him down and just sit on him the whole time. There's nothing
0: Stan can do. And this was the night to to preach that if you're Joe Rogan, because it was the night of, of wrestlers. And this is we've seen this before, Sean. Uh, a really good wrestler comes in, can't finish the fight, but dominates and controls the fight. Um yeah, how do you compare Davis to other people you've seen at this stage of of, of his career?
1: It's pretty comparable. I mean, Davis is one of those guys that you look at in his first UFC fight and you say, you know what, in four or five fights, this guy's going to be a monster. Yeah. Um, I mean, the way that he was able to just control the fight from start to finish, pretty much, uh, just shows that he's got he's got the base. He's got the base in order to be able to do it, and he didn't look like he was uncomfortable. You know, on the feet, he didn't look extremely awkward. Um, like your like your Herschel Walker or something like that. Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah. He he looked, uh, he looked like he can at least evolve and he is, you know, he's got good stance and he's got, uh, excellent power. I mean, the guy is a freaking huge. Yeah. Uh, so I I mean, they, they talked about him fighting John Jones. I think John Jones would probably beat him, um, Hmm. right now if, uh, you know, if, if Jones was able to keep it standing, um. Which, you know, if David could take it down, maybe he'd have a shot. But I, I think Jones wins that fight. But three, four fights, you know, that would probably be a pretty outstanding fight between those two. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, he, he compares pretty, pretty favorably against other, uh, uh, you know, substantial, similarly uh, credentialed wrestlers. Like, almost like a, uh, not quite as dominant as a Brock Lesnar Heath Herring kind of fight, but um, similar anyway. Yeah. Lane,
0: you were going to say?
2: Yeah, I think, I mean, like, I mean, obviously, I think Bader's gotten better stand-up now, but he reminds me of Ryan Bader. I mean, right? that's how Ryan Bader is. Mm, yeah. He takes you down, and, and you know, when we saw the ultimate fighter, he just absolutely imposes will on everybody. Uh You know, we, we've seen him lately. Well, the last fight he didn't finish, which was almost exactly like this fight, but in fights before that, he's looked a lot better stand-up now, but he, he does remind me a lot like Ryan Bader.
0: And, and I think what we see with dominant wrestlers who come in who don't have the finishing skills, you don't, fear as much that their career will end when the competition gets stiffer like you do with guys who come in with good striking yeah. and when you look at you know chakongo and you just think okay maybe he's gonna you know dominate but probably not he's probably gonna run into somebody who's gonna take him down and pound him out and yeah. with somebody like phil davis he comes in and you think okay he's green he's got a lot of sides of mma to learn but he's not he's probably not going to lose if they give him the right opponents he's not going to lose badly and if he loses it'll be a good lesson. But that foundation is there where you think, yeah, like you said, Sean, four or five fights, he could be a monster. And we saw that foundation on, on this one. And, and really just, I think, a comfort level, um, a lack of intimidation with the surroundings, which honestly, I mean, I think that's one of the things that helped Rosh Lesnar that I think a lot of, uh, a lot of MMA purists, for whatever lack of, lack of better term, they, they, they don't take into account that I think it helped Brock do as well as he did as early as he did in part because he had performed in front of huge crowds before. Yep. It wasn't it wasn't necessarily real competition. Um but you know it was with his first MMA fight and then you know obviously the NCAA but he just he, you can't spook him with a big crowd and big spotlights and national TV. And that that's what Davis looked like here. He looked he looked comfortable like he had been to the big show before. Yep, yeah. absolutely. Uh all right. So, then we have uh, uh Mike Swick, um and Diego. um Fun, uh, real fun fight. Um, finishing sequence made the fight, though. Um, Sean, I'll, I guess I'll throw it to you first on this one. Your thoughts?
1: Yeah, this this fight was a lot of fun to watch. Um, and Paulo Thiago proves, again, if, if you're going to slug with him, you are taking your chances, man. I mean, yeah. He, yeah. He, he, all he needs to do is catch you with one shot. They may be sloppy, but if he hits you, you're going down. I mean, that's, that's kind of what he showed in his, in his, uh, his fight with Swick and, and um, Koscheck. You know, he, they get caught in those little... Uh, uh, those little slugfests, and, and he just puts them down. And that darse choke was just fantastic. I mean, <laughs> the, the, uh, the ability wow. to transition. I mean, Swick just like, he, he transitioned directly into that darse. and, and, uh, you know, the guys that I had over, they were like, man, he didn't even tap. I said, yeah, he didn't have time. <laughs> he, I,
0: give, he was I out get, before Sean, even. <laughs> uh, Sean, I give Herb Dean a ton of credit too, and, and I wrote this yeah. in my blog. He, he knew enough to recognize that that could, it could be over that quickly in that hold and called it off because, I mean, Swick wasn't tapping, but that's not because he was choosing not to tap. Yeah, And I exactly. give Verdeen a ton of credit for knowing enough to, to to bend over and look to see if Swick was out, and I think he saved Swick, um, you know, a little bit of brain damage from jumping in that quick. Yeah,
1: yeah seriously. I the, the, the thing about Thiago here, the thing that was smart about what he did, he could have followed up with more strikes on the ground. And had he been mm-hmm. sloppy or, or missed or whatever, it could have given him time to recover. But he goes straight into his bread and butter and and grabs that choke, and it was just uh, it was perfect. I mean, he, he couldn't have asked for a better
0: finish right there. I, I thought he snuck in some uh, some chloroform on a rag. I mean, it was that yeah. he was, it was out that quick. I was like yeah, looking seriously. for looking for the foreign object. All right, uh, Lane, your thoughts.
2: Yeah, first off, thank gosh it wasn't Steve Mazzagotti, no Herb her. <laughs> I know. I
0: know yeah, leave it to Mazzagotti to miss the low blow in the previous fight. Oh, yeah, I wish we had mentioned that. That was fantastic. Uh.
2: It took four shots while he had one hand on his gun for him to realize. <laughs> yes. and, then, and then it actually took. Uh, Maya to realize. Oh, okay. I
0: guess uh, I thought. <laughs> yeah, I think Lazogadi was checking email on his BlackBerry or something. I, I mean, <laughs> yeah, he was on
2: the other side of the ring. I think he was uh. cleaning up the ice from the. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, how did I not mention
0: that? <laughs> yeah. uh, well, go go. To, we'll bring up the ice in a minute. But go ahead with your analysis lane of the fight.
2: Oh uh, yeah, I I agree. Uh, oh, Tiago is. I mean, and it's amazing. I mean, when you go two and one against the AKA team, that yeah. That's a big resume. And and it doesn't matter who you lose to out of those three, in my opinion, at all. I mean, I guess it, I'd rather lose to Fitch because, <laughs> I mean, he's so good. But it's it's the same thing with Koscik. I remember the Koscik fight. Koscik looked like he had him knocked out, and he just comes back and counters with a great Same thing. He kind of started playing with his hands, and Swick caught him with a really good right. And as he's falling back, just just destroy Slick with the counterpunch. I mean, his, his hands are, are solid, solid, just like – it's almost like Silva. It never looks like he hits real hard, Anderson Silva, but he the power in his punches are just crazy. And, and I totally agree with what Sean said. He – a lot of times in, in a lot of fights, I mean, you know, as soon as someone goes to the ground and they fall up to try to, to end it with strikes – uh, you know they get sloppy or they have time to recover, but he never gave him the chance to recover, and that darts, like you said the the chloroform was just immediate. <laughs> I didn't even see it after like I couldn't even yeah. tell at first that he had a darts and I'm like, does he even have it, okay, he's out, so
0: I mean it, it was it was, was maybe the fastest submission I can remember seeing yeah i or, I don't know if submissions the right word you know just put someone to sleep
2: yeah yeah you couldn't you couldn't even tell if he had it like really locked in deep or anything before it was already over.
0: It, it was it was Spock on Star Trek Fest. Yeah. seriously <laughs> just touched the shoulder. He's out. Uh, okay, we talked about the ice incident. If anybody's listening to this and they didn't hear about it in the uh, Gillard, uh Torres fight after the first round, the <laughs> big bag of ice that was on I can't remember whose corner it was. Was it, uh, it was Torres. Torres? Okay, in Torres' corner, the the ice bag broke and ice just falls all over the mat. And of course, you can't. I mean, there's you can't have one piece of ice uh, on the, on the mat in in a fight, much less a whole pile of it. And so all these people come in to try to clean it up. They're starting to fill the bucket. They're so nervous that the bucket tips over. It, it was just, it was hilarious. It was, it, I mean, I don't even, words don't describe it. It was a sports center moment. Yeah. Oh, it was great.
1: It was like, I loved it because, you know, this is the Las Vegas Athletic Commission, or the, yeah, the uh, Nevada Athletic Commission, which is, you know, probably one of the best uh, top two in the country. And they're, they're rushed in there like Keystone Cops. Knocking over the bucket. They can't do anything. They're getting booed and they're like flustered. They run out before they even get all the ice out of there, and Rogan's Rogan, yelling at them.
0: Rogan's yelling at them, You didn't get all the ice. Where are you, where are you guys going? Where are you guys going?
2: It was uh, like Rogan's dog or something. I mean, he was so upset about it. And like for 30 seconds into the fight when they restarted, I still see pieces of ice in my. Yeah,
1: I that was scared. fantastic.
0: Uh, here's the exact quote from Rogan get back in there you're not done there's ice all over the floor there's a hundred pieces of ice still all over the floor those quartermans, somebody needs to kick their ass I see a couple of pieces I don't want any, one to fall and hit their head this is ridiculous I got the whole quote down great that moment great. in your ideas. great moment great, great. alright so now back back to serious business here uh, chance, uh, an opportunity such as it is to fight Anderson Silva or I should say the winner of yeah. uh, Jill Sonnen and, and Nate Marquardt um, Lane, uh, what do you think of this, uh, dominant, uh, semi dominant performance, uh, for a wrestler? We had a few moments from Marquardt in there, but, uh, what'd you think?
2: Well, it was, it's funny, me, uh, you know, Marcourt being, you know, training in Denver a lot and stuff, and I'm from Denver, me and my friend are pretty high on him, and he had texted me, do you think Sonnen has any chance in this? And, you know, I said, well, I'll always give him a fighting chance, and he said, I'll give him point zero one chance. And I said, <laughs> well, I give him a lot of respect, but I was like, you know, I think so too, Name Marcourt's so well rounded, but, Rogan commented on it when Marcourt said everything he does I do a little bit better. I agree with him one hundred percent except wrestling and, and if you can't stop a takedown against a wrestler, you're not gonna win the fight. And, and you know, I, I was I was surprised but I wasn't. I you know, I knew Sonnen had it in him and I knew if Sonnen's gonna win this fight, it's gonna be exactly that way. Three rounds of in grounded pound, you know, doesn't usually finish fights but he's, if he imposes his will, it's tough to get him off of you. And um, one thing I, as impressive as I think Marquardt is in, in all, all facets of of mixed martial arts, is I've never seen him be dangerous off his back ever. And he just, you know, I mean, he, he did go for a couple of chokes, and, and he was trying to isolate for a kimura there for a few, but just not real dangerous looking. And if if Salmon's going to get beat, he's going to be in someone's guard, and he's going to get submitted.
0: So I, I was
2: surprised in some sense, but in the other sense that. You know, I just didn't see Marco threatening from the bottom and the bottom at all, and you could tell the frustration he had, you know, immediately pretty much. But uh, I mean, that elbow was nasty, and and he it was a lot of times I thought that he had a chance to pull it out, but just too much dominance on the ground. And he was, you could tell in the in the third round especially, but even in the second when they were actually even standing up, he looked just beat mm. and and mentally and uh, Yeah, exactly, both. And yeah. you know, he kept. Rogan kept mentioning that he looked weary and he just looked like beaten already after one round.
0: And, and I, I think, Sean, this is the, probably the number one reason to watch this show, uh, to order the show or, or find a way to watch it is seeing Markward get dominated like this for, you know, somewhere in the you know, 90 to 95% range of the match. I thought that Markward had his, had his moments and, 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 and maybe a five-round fight would have been different. I, I'm not 100% sure on that. Um, uh, fellow columnist Jason Schelke says, I can't emphasize enough how damn impressive Sonnen was against Marquardt. It's something you just have to see to believe. And that's what he sent in for his text roundtable that we'll be posting later. I, I agree with that. I mean, I-, I was amazed at his performance. I shouldn't be because a really good wrestler can do that. And he did come across like he didn't know how to finish him. And, and we've seen that before. But, I mean, this is Nate. I mean, I just, I, I, was-, I was surprised. Your thoughts on this, Sean?
1: You know, that, that's what makes it so surprising in and of itself is that you know, and Lane mentioned it too. He had one way to win this fight, and Nate Marquardt had so many different ways he could have won. Yeah. And when you see that, when you see that in a matchup, you expect the guy with more ways to win to win, because um, because what are they going to train? They're going to train that one thing that the other guy does well, or at least you know better than he does. Um, and you know that was illustrated really in the last minute of the fight because Marquardt came closer to finishing the fight. And that last minute, then Son then some came the whole fight. Yeah. You know? I mean, he showed how, you know, if you, if you doubted, you know, uh, the, the guys that I have over for the fights have only been watching, you know, for the past probably, uh, you know, eight, nine events since UFC 100 and, uh, hadn't seen Neymar Quart, uh, in quite some time. And, uh, you know, they were like, well, you know, this guy doesn't seem all that good. And I said, you know, just, uh, you don't realize how good he is until you know you saw that last minute. If you doubt how good Nate Marquardt is, then after three and three quarter rounds of beating, you know <laughs> he comes back and and throws that at uh, at Son and and almost finishes him.
0: Uh, well, I mean, his elbows back, were crazy too even earlier. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the it, back mean, of elbows, the way he cut him, and then and then just yeah. from underneath. I mean, he could. I mean, if he caught him right, he might have knocked him at least silly enough to get on top and finish him.
1: Absolutely, yeah. absolutely, he could have. Um, you know, if, if and if he had more time in Sonnen's guard, I, I think he probably could have won the fight. Yeah. You know, if if he gets that same team that he had in the third round, if he had gotten that one in the first round, the fight's over. But, uh, you know, he was just too tired at that point, and, and Sonnen just peeled his hands off. So, you know, that's what makes it so impressive to me, and I think that's what was the most frustrating to Marquardt, is that this is the one guy, the one way this guy can beat me, and I'm letting him do it.
0: Yeah, so, and, and and but I, I think when Marquardt said after the fight, well, I think I should have won that fight, I used the wrong strategy, uh, t- I mean, I liked everything else he said, but I'm kind of thinking, you know, you shouldn't have won that fight because your strategy sucked.
1: And yeah.
0: you didn't train in the one way that you – or or you, or maybe you did and you just weren't good enough. I mean, the guy yeah. who – now, I, I say the guy who deserved to win won, but let's also bring this up because I'm curious for both your opinions on this. Was that really a 30 fight or did what Nate did in the final minute – because uh, to, to me, I don't think controlling for four minutes and then almost getting, you know, compl- and then being having so much damage done to you in, a, in one minute in the final minute and being near a submission, yeah. I, I think that one minute should count more than the previous four. And I, I mean, I just don't see this as a as a as a three as a thirty twenty seven fight.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with that. Actually, I, I really was surprised that they, that no one gave him that last round because I, yeah. I gave him the last round.
0: Yep, and and yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I think you could. Had it, had it had one judge given Marquardt the fight, i wouldn't have been you know two thousand twenty seven I would have said or twenty nine twenty eight I would have said that 's totally ridiculous I, I, I would just say okay that judge 's philosophy is if you nearly finish a fight, look like you might finish it i don 't care what happens in the rest of the fight. if the rest is you not losing, just being controlled i go i give I give credit to the guy who actually is trying to win, or looks like he has a, uh, the capacity to finish the fight. Now, I don't agree with that, but I would actually, I would kind of understand that philosophy. But I don't understand all three judges giving. I don't know. Maybe maybe they thought hard about it, and it was close, and they all went, you know, well, you know, we'll give it to, uh, you know, give it to Sonny, just based on on the, the totality of of the minutes he dominated. But yeah, to me, that was twenty nine twenty eight. How about you, Lane?
2: Yeah, I I agree. I mean, I was even telling my wife watching and I said, you know, I can make a case that. With even the first round, he tried a guillotine at the beginning. Yep. It wasn't real, wasn't real close. Well, then we never got a good camera angle. But when he first got up the first time and went right back down, he threw a pretty vicious knee. It looked like, yeah. Um, in the sense too that could have ended a fight. I mean, we never know. But both with coming both I had mentioned to her, I could I could argue not. I mean, not maybe win or like be 100% truthful behind it. But I could say that he. Had a better chance of winning a decision against Sonnen tonight than, than I think Machida did against Hua, cause I don't yeah. think Machida ever <laughs> yeah. threatened Hua in that fight. And,
0: yeah. so look know, at the good damage good. that, I mean, the damage was done, I mean, yeah, Markort was, uh, you know, uh, 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 completely controlled for 90% of the fight, but the yeah, damage after the fight yeah. was to Sonnen, and, and, and the, chan- the opportunity to finish the fight multiple times was Sonnen on the losing end, and I, I just thought that that got ignored. Um or 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 if it didn't get ignored, it didn't show up in the scorecard with the scoring system that UFC has.
2: Yeah, he's going to get suspended for longer than Marcourt. I mean, <laughs> yeah, with that cut, But I mean, he looked like in the you know at the end of the the uh, event, they showed him laying down in the mats on the back, and he yep. saw his mouthpiece in, and he looked like he was destroyed. Which again, obviously, you can never tell, by... what a a fighter looks like but again like you said i understand octagon control and all the things they come up so i I would never want to be a judge myself either but but when it comes down to who had a chance to finish the fight you never never thought marco was going to get finished i never did i mean he was taking some pretty big elbows but even after the first round he got up you could tell he, he looked defeated you know emotionally more than he did physically ever
0: yep yep all right moving on to the main event um, Randy Couture, Mark Coleman, uh, uh you know, the, the, uh, uh, Jurassic, the Jurassic Super Fight, as it's been called. Um, combined age, 91. I mean, it's just crazy. And, uh, Couture looked really good. Um, it's, it's kind of like Sarah Trigg, kind of, uh, if it was, if, it, if, it, in, in the sense that we really don't know who Couture beat. You know, did he beat someone who was even halfway decent at this point? Um, you know, we just don't know what Coleman brought to the fight. But uh, you can't deny KOTOR just looked really good on this one. Um, Sean, your, your thoughts on, on his uh, title aspirations and, and, and what this means for Mark Coleman.
1: Yeah, no surprises here. I, I thought, uh, you know, Coleman is fairly one-dimensional and pretty much always has been. You know, even if Coleman was as good as he, you know, even if Coleman, if Coleman was as quick and as good as he used to be in his prime, I think KOTOR wins this fight. Yeah. Um, maybe, you know, honestly, maybe not Kotor at UFC 17, uh, when they were supposed to fight, but I think Kotor now beats that Mark Coleman. Wow. Um, yeah. Just because of, just because of how multidimensional he is and how, how much he has evolved, uh, as opposed to Mark Coleman, because Coleman has, has stayed the same and used his same game plan, uh, you know, since the very beginning. Um so, you know, nothing, uh, nothing shocking here at all. And it's, it's funny because, um, you know, they mentioned this during the
0: broadcast that this is the best Couture striking has ever looked, and it really was. I mean, yeah. it was you know, against a really slow guy, but still yeah. you know, that, that affords you a chance to, to 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 practice what you do in the gym without ram- as many ramifications as if he was in there against, you know, Anderson Silver or somebody you know, somebody who can, absolutely you know make you pay for that. But he did look really good. I, I thought Rogan I liked Rogan's analysis too, that that it, it's not just all of Couture's experience and how hard he trains, but the science with which he applies yeah. nutrition and I mean, he, he, I thought Rogan was going to say this and he didn't. He started to. When you get older, you have to do other things better than you do when you're 25 or even 35. Yeah. And Coleman, or, uh, uh, Randy does everything perfect now that for his body in order to give him at 46 the best chance against guys who maybe don't take it as seriously and, and are able to, you know, think because of their youth they'll be fine. Obviously, Coleman in this case just, you know, he's outclassed in, in just about every category. And we almost had my bold prediction of a first-round knockout in a, a TKO in a Randy Couture fight. I almost thought I was going to be right on my bold prediction there. But <laughs> came early in the second, but Coleman almost almost, uh, almost made me look pretty smart. So, um, Lane, your thoughts on this one, and, and we'll talk a little bit more too, Sean, on a few other points here. Sure. Yeah, he
2: was. uh You were almost almost right. He didn't know where the corner was after the first round. After <laughs> yep. sure. he was definitely. But uh, you know, it, 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 just like you said, and, and Joe says all the time, it's it's amazing to see a 46 year old just get better. And he's. I mean, I, I agree with with when you say. I mean, Mark Coleman. Yeah, he's one dimensional, and he's he's a lot slower than anybody else you're going to put him in the ring with, but or octagon with. But um he still looked real impressive, and I, just just no one better than than couture dirty boxing and and holding someone up against a cage. It's
0: it's really uh,
2: impressive to watch. I mean, he did it to Vera for, you know, and Vera's a young guy who's fought heavyweight, too. And it just it's ama- it never seems to amaze what that
0: guy oh. can do. But but And, oh, and he says afterwards, I've had three fights in seven months. I love fighting this often. You know, he's not going and licking his wounds and taking six months to recover. And, I mean, he, he knows, he also appreciates the fact that he knows, you know, the clock is ticking and, and his time is limited. You know, he's got, you know, maximum 15 years left as a top flight fighter. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and that's the thing.
0: Or at doubt at this point he's going to fight at 60 and start beating. Oh, no, but,
2: well, Mark Coleman wouldn't say that much. In yeah. Space. But anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. And this was impressive, and I thought the Vera was pretty good, but I think he impressed me the most with Noguera. With the you know going that whole time, I mean, at his age and Maguire too, been through some stuff. Yeah. But go tour in that fight. I mean, if you can, and that was obviously seven months ago. But to see the guy still got cardio beyond beyond belief, it's amazing to see, and it is going to be interesting. I'd like to see. I can't wait to find out who they put him up against next. Nice because no matter what, if you give him a training camp, he's going to game plan over anybody, you know, he's got the best yeah. game plan, he knows exactly what he needs to do, and it's almost like the Marcourt thing, so where was his game plan, you know, Couture would never let that happen, if someone was better at him than something, that's what he spent in his entire camp at.
0: Yep, yep. Uh, Lane, uh, quick question for you, was there a Coleman strategy that would have worked better than this? Uh, or was know, he just outmatched in every way? I mean, he had, I is there, it's is it's, there a way he could have fought that would have given him a better chance?
2: I think he was outmatched in every way, but I think... You know, he he probably should have shot. You know, tried to get it to the ground somehow. Now that's not. I'm not saying he has a wrestling advantage or, or an advantage on the ground against Couture, but he definitely was way outclassed on the feet. You know, on strikes. Yeah. I mean, he, he There's. I mean, he took. I was actually surprised to me at the first round. He took countless uppercuts that I think. I, I you know I'll give him credit. I thought he for sure was going to get knocked down in the first round, and I, I give him credit for making it to the second round. Actually,
0: uh, same question to you, Sean.
1: Yeah, it's kind of a, um, I don't know, I'd, I'd, to say a better way for him to do it, I mean, it would just be a better way to lose, you know. Cause, yeah, right. I, yeah. I think there's, there's no way, you know, I don't think he could have even made the fight last longer if he were to try and go with his with his bread and butter of takedowns. I thought that's what he was going to do. Um, but I think he probably would have just tired himself out faster, you know, well, honestly. I, I think,
0: and I, I think the only chance he had to win was by decision, if it just was a relatively boring stalemate on the ground, and he just hammered Couture more than Couture was able to punch him. And, and, and it turned out to be, you know, 29-28, kind of, you know, not a great exciting fight, and he just got in a few more shots on the ground. That was about the only strategy that I think he had a chance, especially after the first 30 seconds of the fight. We could tell Couture was just outclassing him on his feet. But I, you know, how did he get to the ground where he's, you know, able to pound on him? I mean, I just don't see that happening against Couture, yeah. so. You know, we we saw the fight that we that people should have expected um, in this one. So so, Sean, what's next for Randy with with the way that he won this fight? I mean, that's one of our roundtable questions. We threw uh, uh, probably about uh, fifteen different responses up on MMA Torch um, over the past forty eight hours on this subject. But now having seen the fight, what do you think's next? We know it's next for, for uh, Coleman. Uh, what what do we think is next for Randy?
1: Well, I think that you know the, the clock is ticking for for Couture if he if he is serious about being in title contention. Um, you know, that he's got to fight. Um, he's got to fight some top tier fighters. I, I think a good fight for him would probably be the winner of Forrest Griffin and, uh, Little Nog. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a, I think that's a, that's an interesting fight. Um, if nothing else, I mean, it, it it'd be kind of cool either way, really. I'd like to see how it does against Forrest. And, you know, he fought, uh, Big Nog pretty con- yeah. competitively. How, how's it going to do against Little Nog? So I think that's, uh, I think that's a very good fight for him.
0: And if he wins that, do you, do you give him a title shot or does it really depend on, on the, on the layup of land? in the uh, in that division at that point. like it probably
1: depends. It probably does depend a little bit on the lay of the land, but I I would say he he gets a pretty good uh, they, they gives him a pretty good shot at the title though. I mean it it
0: gives him at least a pretty linear shot, you know? Yep. You like how I worked that in by the way? Lay of <laughs> the land
2: <laughs> I like anyway.
0: it. Alright, go Lane. <laughs> go ahead, Lane. You're, same question to you. Yeah, you, there, just, you and, and okay. That's
2: what I had. I'd put on my round table, too, is, is probably, I mean, it, it could go either way. I guess it could be the winner of the, the Little Nog in the Forest or the, really, the Rashad Rampage, because I guess I don't know who they're going to decide. The winner of one of those two fights is probably going to get the winner of Machida. Yeah. and Hua. But, uh, I, so, it just kind of depends, I guess, on who they decide, and he'll probably get the winner of them. But I actually think if if he uh, gets the winner of whatever of those two fights and he wins, I'm pretty sure he'll probably, you know, I guess it does depend on I don't see it going anywhere else but getting a title shot after that because they're probably going to have. Uh, my guess is they'll have Rashad and Rampage winner get the winner of
1: Hua. So yeah. I guess
2: after that they're going to. He's I, if he wins against whoever wins against Little Nog and Griffin, I can see him getting a title shot again, or a title shot in a light heavyweight, I should say.
0: Now afterwards, Coleman gets interviewed and uh, conveniently ah. Tito Ortiz, taunts him from ringside, Coleman walks away from the interview, throws some f bombs at him, says, "Anytime, Punk." Um, I, I, sorry. I anything Tito's involved in, I get suspicious. Uh, I think it's a marketing machine kicks in. Um, This just seemed really convenient. Now, I'm not saying Coleman is in on it because they might think, oh, you know, there might be somebody backstage whispering to Tito, you know, go hype this next fight, you know, agitate Coleman. He's got a temper. He can't control himself. That'll sell sell this next fight. And and I mean, I'm real. I mean, I, I just think you know Tito's good at marketing. Whether he orchestrated it himself or with someone whispering in his ear tito's marketing himself because he's not a title contender and he wants to be in a big money fight that draws um maybe you like it maybe you don't it's it's a side of of mma um sean your thoughts on uh on, on that little pro wrestling angle
1: yeah i i think uh it's a smart move by tito you know um just like for himself for himself, just, uh, for, himself, yeah, for, himself yeah. for himself he's he's a calculating guy just like you say and you know there's not necessarily anything wrong with it but uh it, it can it can wear on you if if yeah. you see it too often, but you know it's I, I think it's a good fight. I mean I, I mentioned it when in the round table as well that I thought uh, whoever lost the fight you know probably would be a good opponent for for Tito T Ortiz. You know he's gonna fight Chuck Liddell and probably lose again, and we'll see uh, we'll see if he's if he's got really anything in him if he can't if I mean, if he can't beat Mark Coleman,
0: I'm sorry, but I don't know <laughs> I don't know where Tito goes from here, you know. Well, I think they'll have Coleman on. I think the crowd will be on Coleman's side. I mean, I think Tito's kind oh, yeah. of turning himself, turning himself heel and, and, and relishing in that. Lane, what what do you think of this little setup?
2: You know, it's, uh, I agree with you. You know, Tito, everything Tito does is calculated, but, you know, he's been mouthing an awful lot about Coleman having to pull out of his fight, and I think it's hilarious considering how many times we've heard Tito being hurt. And um man he's hurt, and I've been a hundred percent, well, but now I'm hurt, so yeah. I think that's kind of funny, but uh, you know like you say he's tr- he he likes being the bad guy, really, but
0: uh he' a hundred percent when he's selling the fight, and he has a really bad injury as soon as he loses a fight, and it happens exactly. every time and it's a tired yeah. story it's 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 really unbecoming and unprofessional and I thought that the third round of that forest fight was was as as it was just orchestrated and and worked and 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 I thought disgraceful for the sport, but and, and I thought a bigger deal should have been made out of it.
2: Yeah, I 100% agree. I mean, they – and it was talked about on here, you know, how they kept saying, oh, he's never – he said he's 100% and they hyped it, you know, during the prelims. And yep. they hyped it the whole time during the, the pay-per-view about how he's never been healthier. He never felt better after his back surgery. And then as soon as he gets out of the fight, you know – and Forrest Griffin's actually my favorite fighter. And it actually angered me for him to get on the mic and say, oh, we come out here and we hurt, which –
0: yeah, I know. I, I get yeah. that,
2: but the, I, I totally get that. Everyone comes out there hurt, but don't stick up for Tito. He does it's the same story every time with Tito. So um yeah, I figure that they're probably gonna you know, that's who he's gonna get after he loses the Chuck Liddell. like you said, I, <laughs> I lose the Chuck Liddell, but uh we'll we'll see who who I mean and, and to be honest who knows if like, you know, if Mark Coleman's even fighting then, I mean he's still gotta go for the you know, the show. I mean, I don't know. Uh, To me, Mark Coleman, like I had said, I think he still physically looks in good
0: shape, but in his face, he looks way older. (laughs) Looks like i – I'm trying to think of what exactly, but like a Mad Magazine caricature of a boxer who loses. He just – he's he's just – oh, yeah. I'm sure his daughters love him, but uh, that would be scary to look at him, you know, in the morning when you wake up, if that's your dad waking you up, hey, how you – you know, so – but anyway, that's. I, don't, I hope that wasn't a cheat shot because I didn't mean it to be. But, um, no, but yeah, he's he's a scary looking dude right now.
2: Yeah.
0: Um All right. So so then we move on to uh, the, the the final match on the pay per view the prelim, and I'm glad they aired it because um, I, I wanted to see this. Um, a, 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 a famous the famous Gracie family walks in, and, and I, I don't know, it's a weird, it's a weird thing, and I'm, with I don't know, I, I, I can't put words to what happened here. It uh, Joey Beltran just upsets. Um, how, let me get his name right. Hollis Hol, uh, Gracie? That was totally... I think, were, I think they were saying Hollis. Hollis, yeah, okay.
2: they
0: were saying Hollis, but... yeah.
2: Then they were saying that's his dad's name, but I thought it was pronounced Hollis. I
0: well, know. see, I read names so much more than I say them, so I butcher pronunciations, you know, anyway. Um, <laughs> but Hoy, it's Hoist, so I assume Hollis. So, anyway, yeah. he comes out there and, I mean... It was I, to me the, the the best part about this was Rogan's commentary because in the opening seconds he gets him down and, and Rogan's just talking as if Gracie's just going to <laughs> play around with him, and it's like a cat and a mouse a cat i mean uh, if you've ever seen, I've seen my cat play with an injured mouse before, and it's just cruel, and, and they drag it on, and you just can't believe that, you know, this is your pet and how cruel this is. And, and that's what Rogan's talking like. You know, Gracie's just going to mess with him. If he didn't finish him in the first 30 seconds, it's because he chose not to. And, he, you know, he knows he's got several minutes to do this, and he'll pick his spot to do it. He wants to do it, uh, create a highlight film. I mean, I'm only slightly exaggerating. About a minute and a half into the fight, Gracie gasses completely, and Beltran starts pounding him. And by the time this thing, it, it got to the second round somehow, and a minute and a half into it, Beltran KOs him, or gets a TKO win, and, and Gracie, I mean, the, the, I was trying to figure out how to describe this for people who didn't see it, but if you've ever drank way too much on New Year's or something, and then you get up two hours into your sleep for some reason, someone wakes you up, and you don't know where you are, and you are rushed, and you're trying to figure out where the bathroom is, that's what Gracie looked like after this fight. He didn't know where he was. He looked nauseous. He looked like he had just been woken up, and it looked like, I mean, I literally am wondering if he was drugged before this fight. It was one of the weirdest performances I can remember, and the fact that it was this, you know, upset and all this buildup. I don't know. Um, Sean, how did I do in describing it?
1: Uh, that's pretty much how it went. I mean, I, I was i was actually pretty surprised that they showed it, because I figured when, when I saw this fight come up on the screen, I was thinking, okay, well, they're going to highlight this new Gracie kid, and uh, you know he's going to be he's going to submit this guy in about ten seconds, and they'll say, "Hey, the Gracie's are back of the octagon or whatever." Yeah. And uh boy, it was like the exact opposite. I mean, he looked awful. Yeah. I mean, it was. I, I figured when he got him on the ground, and you know, my my buddies that were here, we we're all kind of making fun of the uh, executioner name, and we we're saying, "Well, <laughs> you know, he's he's suffering from a a, a lack of execution, and you know, he's not able to execute very well, and all that kind of thing," <laughs> oh, and no. so. Uh, <laughs> but I don't blame. But you know, whatever. And uh, I he was, <laughs> so funny I figured, he, you know, it gets him down, and he's going to finish him up pretty quick. But once he wasn't able to finish him, it was like he was like he gave up almost, and and just kind of gasped completely. I, was, I, oh. I I just couldn't believe it. I couldn't
0: believe it's, it's it. It's like he trained for a two minute fight. Yeah, it was. It was yeah, like he was so <laughs> uh, uh Lane, your thoughts on this one too? What?
2: Well, it was funny you say that because I actually thought the Executioner was a new uh, Border select combo at Hardcore when I heard it. <laughs> oh, same <laughs> the same thing that you were. I was like, "What kind of name is that?" But uh, I, it was the same thing that I saw when I saw them highlight the fight. And, you know, show up, you know, bring the video package or the little you know, thing. I was like, "Oh, well, they're just gonna you know they want to show this kid." And then as soon as he took him down, I thought for you know I might as well. I thought they had a button for a bird that you hit that said it's all over because I thought. You know, mm-hmm. I thought Rogan was ready to say it for him, but it was amazing that he gasped like that. Like you say, trained for a two-minute fight. And the worst part about it was he's fighting a guy who took the fight on two days' notice.
1: Yeah. For, yeah. You know, I guess
2: you should think maybe four days because he kind of knew that Al-Turk was having passport issues or visa issues. But, you know, it looked the complete opposite. Like, he took the fight on four days and was not trained, doesn't do a training camp. I mean, it was – and, like, your description of the New Year's was perfect because, I mean, he literally – I mean, they showed him, you know, trying to get up on the stool. He couldn't even get on the stool. He was looking at his whoever. I mean, that was Gracie's family, I guess. But he was looking at him like he had no idea who they were. Like maybe they were giving him a English exam. I don't know, but he had no idea. And it was it was, it was pretty surprising cause, And he even looked, you know, he didn't even look ethical on the ground. Even I mean, he got him on the ground,
0: well.
2: and it didn't look like, like he, the he looked. He seen, looked
0: so like, uh, honestly when he was standing up. It looked like t- at, at, to him. That the octagon was rocking,
1: yeah.
0: (laughs) Like it's like he was on a surfboard or something. Like it was literally like on a ball rotating around, and he couldn't even keep his balance just standing there. I mean, I literally think he should be tested for for someone slipping something in his water. It was that weird.
2: Quaaludes, made on quaaludes. That was Boris Griffin blamed it on. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, it looked like it looked like his gloves were weighted, like the way he was throwing punches. (laughs) Yeah, like his gloves were weighing him down, and he was just falling. And And let's point out, too, it's important to note, Beltran did not look like a world-beater. I mean, nope. he didn't look good. Didn't he didn't even nope. look good in winning the fight. And,
0: but in fact, was, I, I'm sure that Frank Trigg is bummed out tonight. I'm sure Nate Marquardt oh, is sure. bummed out tonight. I'm sure that, that Mark Coleman's bummed out tonight. Who is the most bummed out tonight? Al Turk.
1: Oh. No
0: <laughs> I mean, he's thinking I would have looked so good in beating this guy. Nobody would know he sucks. Nobody would know that. They think I just beat this highly touted Gracie, and I would have shot to the top. And now, I mean, that opportunity's lost.
2: Yeah, and they <laughs> thrown him to the wolves a couple times too. They gave him crow cop and yep. as a God, he as the ref. Another side poke. <laughs> you know? so, yeah, oh man! Getting out turned for sure. Couldn't even. Yeah. It wasn't even an injury or nothing. He just couldn't get over to the United States.
0: I, I, I'd like like to also say that um, Mike Goldberg set his own record for only saying the word "class" once on a whole paper. Um, <laughs> and of course, it, it was referring to Randy Couture. Let's not. Uh, let's oh, not then he said. That, of course, actually, then he said it twice, and he didn't set a record because he actually <laughs> said it. Um, I think he said it about uh, about. Um, oh, I think it was Sonnen. He said it about earlier. Yeah, so. I think it was. That's right. It was Sonnen. So if he did say it about Couture, then he tied his record, because I've kept track for every UFC pay-per-view, because he used to say it about every fighter, including jerks who were acting like jerks. You know, yeah. Sean Evans would be out there giving the finger to the fans and strutting around and, and saying bad things about people's wives, and then Mike Ober would be like, class actor, Sean Evans. And so, yeah. I, I called yeah, him Matt on it. Matthews Yeah, yes, oh. Matthews too. So, uh, he has cut back on that. I think, I think the official count was one, but we'll see if, if, if he did tie his previous record of two. You I just what, have I to throw that out there, so.
2: One of my favorite quotes, and I've said some in my life too, is, and, and Joe Rogan said this before, and he, he during the Mark son fight, he said, there is no worse guy to be laying on top of you. That's what he said about Son. I can't remember exactly how he said yes. it. I'm like, um, I think I would let Sonnen lay on top of me. I would rather not let Brock Lesnar, which I know he said that about Brock Lesnar before. And I'm like, okay, Sonnen laying on me or Lesnar. I'm going to have to oh, go. Well,
0: honestly, that. and then there was that, that, that naked guy uh, in the, uh, um, <laughs> In uh, not Ollie G, the not Ali G, what's what car- uh um, oh, Borat, Borat. Borat in the bo- the naked guy in the yeah. Borat movie. I don't want him laying on me. I mean, you know, there's a there's a long list of guys I don't want laying on me because of that. Although I I didn't. Speaking of that, I did enjoy that son and ended up with Nate Marcourt's uh, uh, nut cup in his face yeah. after those Republican comments that he made about I don't. I'm a Republican. I don't like guys laying on top of me. I, I I was I was popping for the uh for the moment when when the nut cup was in his face. So.
2: I agree. What is the, uh, Mayhem Miller calls that the fruit, what is that, the fruit basket and the face or something? He calls it the yeah.
1: fruit
0: basket in the face. <laughs> so, so kidding. this, this pay per view was not, not the best UFC fight ever in terms of star power, titles, obviously, ramifications, but between the ice and, and, and the, the, the crotch to the face and, uh, and you know Tito pulling a pro wrestling angle, and and I mean we had some fun. We had some fun on this show. We had some good times. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So anyway, all right. Um, I think we all agree it's probably a, a slight thumbs up show. You know, one to ten scale, a little bit above a five for UFC pay per view. Not a yeah. strong recommendation, but probably fulfilled expectations. And, and and if it went beyond them, not not by very much. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree.
2: Yeah. I mean, all right. Cool. No. Oh, go ahead, Lane. No, oh, as I say, I agree with Sean. What Sean said earlier, you knew what you were going to get. You know, to each his own. If you if you you knew the card, so but uh you know me, you know, and I, same as you guys, I I imagine as well. It's a MMA card, so I'm always going to want to watch it anyway. But uh, it wasn't below expectations, but it wasn't anything above either.
0: It was it was a fight card for completists. Exactly. Yeah. Perfect. Yep.
2: Perfect word. Yeah. Thank absolutely. Exactly.
0: All right, cool, guys. We're at 60 minutes, and uh, I think we covered uh, a lot of good bases. So um, good good, uh, good debut for this trio of uh, Sean Ennis and Lane Bradford. Thanks to all the MMA Torch listeners for joining us today. Uh, be on the lookout because uh, Jamie Pennick will be hosting another roundtable with at least two other MMA Torch contributors, which will be available within a matter of hours on Sunday, on Super Bowl Sunday. So we'll give you a double dose of roundtables after the show. Figures we'd pull out two roundtable reviews for one of the, you know, well, at least it wasn't the uh, last show, but – um, but they gave us some good stuff to talk about. So um, thanks to everybody for listening, and thanks for support of MMA Torch. On behalf of Sean and Lane, this is MMA Torch Supervising Editor Wade Keller signing off.